chapter 4. So I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. Um, and I'll start from verse 1. And I'll, I'll take it up to... I'll take it up to verse 11. Okay. So, yeah, I'll read from there. So, so it says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the, in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy. Their immorality, their lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible worship of idols. Of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things they do. So they slander you. But remember, they, so remember that they will have to face God who stands ready to judge everyone, both the living and the dead. That is why the good news was preached to those who are now dead. So, also, so although they were destined to die like all people, they now live forever with God in spirit. The end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers a multitude of sins, Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them, sorry, use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do, will bring glory to, to God through Jesus Christ. Although although all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So yeah, quite a lengthy um, section to, to, to probably unpack. But yeah, is there anything really from those verses that resonates with anyone or anything that they want to suck out to them that they want to talk on? Well, I think for me, it's just the first verse, really, from this one. So it says, so then since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you suffered physically for Christ, you are finished with sin. So that can mean a variety of things. It doesn't necessarily have to mean the actual physical, um, you know, the, the physical, sorry, it doesn't actually have to mean the actual physical death of Christ, you know, but we have to kind of look at that in a, in, a, in a variety of different ways in terms of what have we endured? What have we sacrificed in our death to our sin for Christ? So to put that into context, um, for me personally, um, you know, again, I keep saying I'm only three years into Christ, but during the three years I've had to, I've had to die to a lot of different things that I lived for in my previous life as a, as a, as a, as, as, as a sinner, basically. So what I'm saying in essence is prior to coming to Christ for me personally, there was, there was 
there was a lifestyle that I lived, which con which consisted of fornication. There was a lifestyle of mine that I lived before that consisted of um, drunkenness, alcohol, going out with my friends, partying, going to nightclubs. So it meant that when I separated myself from that particular lifestyle, I basically became a direct enemy to those who were still living that lifestyle. Because once you've made yourself, once you've decided to walk in the righteousness of Christ, it's not that people don't understand, but they see that you're becoming a reflection of something that's light and it shines into their darkness. So automatically, they try to, I don't want to say persecute you, but they try to ridicule you. So it even came from my own family members. Do you understand what I mean? Um, in a sense where I decided that, for example, I'll give you, I'll give you something which is a little bit more personal. So, for example, my dad doesn't really understand. Well, I would say he doesn't understand, but he doesn't agree with the fact that, for me personally, I choose not to have sex before marriage. Do you see what I mean? So he sometimes uses that as a way to chastise or ridicule me. Do you see what I mean? So that's an element of suffering that I've decided to endure for Christ. Um, Maybe to even put it in a little bit more context. For example, I, um, so like, I basically, you know, some some of you who know me in this group or have probably had a conversation with me know about this. Like, I during the beginning stages of this COVID season, was it was put upon me by the Holy Spirit to to evangelize, and that meant me being in a situation where I was out in the public evangelizing to people. Um, by which, you know, I was attacked. You know, I had someone pull a knife on me in public. I had someone punch me. Um, so these were different things that I endured because of the gospel, because of me um, wanting to spread the word of God. Um, and I wouldn't say by default, but I was basically persecuted and attacked for that. But it wasn't me per se that they were attacking. It's it's the word of God and it's Christ. So a lot of people are not really direct company for you, but it's what you represent, which is Jesus. Anyone got, I feel like I'm speaking a lot. Has anyone got anything to share on that? Um, and for some, the sister that just came in, just so you know, we're looking at, um, we're, we're coming. Sorry, we're coming I'm no, it's all right. Don't, don't, don't worry, it's fine. Just let you know, we're looking at First Peter chapter 4, okay. um, from verse 1 to verse 11. I'll read it again, just for you, just, just so you can kind of like be up to speed. I'll read it really quickly. But I was just talking about verse 1. So it says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude that he had and be ready to suffer too. For if, if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you will be anxious. You will be anxious to do the will of God. You have had enough in the in the past of evil things that godless people enjoy: the immorality, the lust. Uh, sorry, the immorality, the past of evil things that godless people enjoy, and the immorality, the lust, their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties, um, and their tremble of worship of idols. I'll just stop there, but that's what kind of I've read in terms of, you know, is there anything within those verses or anything within this particular chapter that you feel minister to you or speak to you in any type of way or you might have personally experienced? You don't have to answer it now. You can have a little read over it while we... Um, definitely, discuss. I agree. I agree. There's definitely a yeah. Um 
um, in relation to, well, my friends personally, like, I don't have any friend that's born again, like, all my friends are in the world, so it's very difficult for them to relate to me, and these are my close friends, like, I call mm. sisters, mm. so it's very difficult for them to understand when I don't want to go certain places, do certain things, so they just can't relate, so at the moment, you feel isolated, okay. and you kind of feel like you're on your own. Um, okay. well, that's another thing that comes with. Um, mm, another definitely. thing that comes. With. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I just want to ask a question to everybody in the group. Like, I know it seems like quite maybe a little bit minuscule, but I just want to get everyone's kind of idea of what living for God looks like to them, to you guys individually. What does living for God look like to you? someone else wants if, if anybody wants to answer make <laughs> yourself for me okay um, well I'll answer that then <laughs> I just feel like I'm doing the most talking but um, so for me um, I, I really want to simplify this and I would say that for me personally within my walk Living looks like obedience. Living looks like um, living looks like yeah. I think in totality for me, I think living looks like as a living for God, obeying God's word, and and living for God looks like I would say partially. I would say sacrifice. So I'll give another example in terms of how living for God looks like for me. So I've come from a journey over the past, well, let's say consistently five, six years as an actor. Now, when I gave my life to Christ, it was, I would say, 2017, 14. So three, three years into my walk, four years, let's say four years. So four years into my journey as an actor, I gave my life to Christ. So I would say that to be real with myself, my career or my goal to be an actor was my God, was my idol, was my everything. So living for God, when I gave my life to Christ, it wasn't even a conscious decision. It was just my relationship with God was so strong that I had to, I, I brought myself to a, a, a humble position to ask God if this is his will for my life, is what I'm doing in alignment with what you want me to do. So it's just me placing that respect that I have for God and that relationship that I have with God above everything that's in my own life. So yeah i think just submitting things to god in terms of and, and then and on top of that not just my career even when it came to re-identifying re-understanding and renewing my ideology and understanding of what a relationship a kingdom relationship looks like meant that before i could just roll up to a girl ask for a number and do my own thing but because of the relationship i've got with god now i have to now bring that to god and ask to god is this person this woman i'm seeking is this your, is it like, can I get your approval for this? Is this what you want for my life? Or am I just making my own decision? Because you know the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. Is this person compatible? Are we spiritually aligned, even if she is Christian? So living for God looks like placing God in front of everything that I choose to do and bringing it to his feet, the feet of his throne and saying, God, I'm asking for your approval on this. Is this where you want me to go? Is this like the direction I should be going in? So... Yeah, that's just my sort of testimony. I don't know if anyone else has had any similar experiences or anybody else 
has anything similar to, to share? Um, just to add to that, um, what I found difficult, I don't know if this relates to what you said, but it probably doesn't, but it just came to my head yeah. for me. Um, like, coming in Christ, you're trying to find your identity. So at the moment, I'm trying to get used to this new identity that I'm in. Mm. You know, um, this new identity, because I'm a whole new person. So I'm still trying to get used to, my flesh is still trying to get used to my spiritual man, um, per se. Yeah. So it's just that whole correlation, that whole um, getting used to that's okay. been a struggle. And, you know, I'm not going back into the world, not going back to what my friends do, not going back to my old life, you know. Yeah. So it's being comfortable in who God has called you to be. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do right now. So... Mm. That's things that. No, that's 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 brilliant. I think yeah, we all have that. We have that internal battle between our spirit and our flesh. Um, yeah, and it kind of it kind of touches on the second verse in this in this chapter, the second uh, first Peter chapter four, and the second verse he says, "You won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires, but you'll be anxious to do the will of God." So. Sometimes it's not even a, a premeditated thought. Sometimes it's because of the relationship that we've got with God, our own desires. We realize that those desires were worldly desires. And because of our, our proximity to God and to the Holy Spirit, our, our, our desires, our thoughts, anything that we do becomes synchronized with what God wants us to do. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just that's what I kind of, from what you said, pick up when I look at um, this, the second verse in First Peter 4. Um, yeah, anyone else want to say? Cool, okay, I'll carry on then. Um, so, yeah, so it says, oh, so I'll go from, I'll go from, I just want to read the second one actually. So if it, it's just, I'm just going to go from verse 12 um, on First Peter chapter 4. So it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were, to, were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have a wonderful joy in seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you if you suffer however it must not be be for murder stealing making trouble or prying into someone else's affairs but it is no shame to suffer for being a christian praise god for the privilege of being called by his name for, for the time has come for judgment and it must begin with god's household and if judgment begins with us what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed god's good news and also if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to the godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives, trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Amen. So, yeah, again, suffering for being a Christian. I mean, you know, again, I think the first verse says quite a lot in terms of dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. So 
I think for us as believers and in the body of Christ, we might not all go through it at the same time, but we're all called to go through our own course of trials as believers for the sake of the name of Jesus, because that's what we represent. That's what we walk as as believers. We walk as Christians. So that means to be like Christ, you know. Um, so by doing so, you're going you're gonna to have trials. We're all going to have trials. So it's calling us, it's saying to us that, that it's a blessing for us to go through that and to endure that. So, I mean, I don't know. Is anyone, is anyone taking anything different from that? Yeah, so again, you know, different different parts of our walk will call for um, us to go through different elements of trials and tribulations, and they can come in a variety of ways. It could even be, you know, a family member, you know, literally, you know, there's a friend of mine who, who her family were Catholic, and she decided to give her life to Christ. Um, but when she went back to her country, and she, for Christmas or for holidays, she spent time with her family. She said that she never had such a horrific time because her family ridiculed her. Some of her family members didn't even talk to her. She said that she was suffering, like she felt like she was suffering from a little bit of a breakdown because she isolated herself from the room because, you know, she was, she had, because of the culture, she respected her family so much that she didn't want to, she didn't want to argue with them. So she just kind of stayed away from them. She still worshiped God. She still prayed. But she stayed away from her family because she felt like every time she was around them, she kept getting ridiculed. She kept getting she kept getting slandered. She kept getting put down. Obviously, she's grown since then now. She said that she now knows enough in scripture and has the love to communicate with them effectively without her getting angry. But that was her experience of going through a trial. That was her experience of going through, um, you know, a situation that really refined her. Um, I mean, if we think about. I know there's a few women in here, you know, who want to get proposed to and married one day. If you look at the diamond that you're proposed to, you're the, you know, God, by God's grace, you all get proposed to, um, the man that presents a good ring and shows you that ring, there's a process in which that ring has to go through in order for it, in order for it to look as finished as it does. The refining process consists of smelting, consists of cutting, consists of burning, it goes through such a long process in order for it to come out of that finished article of a, of a pristine diamond. So like when you walk past, I don't know, Selfridges. I had a friend actually, funny enough, she, uh, she went to Selfridges and she said that in order to look at some of the, the diamond rings in Selfridges, they take you inside a room. They sit you down. The doors are locked. Like, it's not a joke. We're talking rings that are, uh, I don't know, I think something like 30k up. But she said that when she sat down and she tried on the rings and she looked at the rings, she said that the woman spoke to her about the process in how they actually create and cut, smelt and burn those diamonds. So in order for us as believers, you know, our destination is heaven. Our destination is, 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 is to be seen in heavenly places. But what we have to endure and what we will endure as believers is a refining process. And the refining process at times can be very difficult. Sometimes you're going through that process and you think there's no way I can get through this. There's no way I can see past the next few hours, let alone next week. But that's part of the refining process that strengthens you, that uh, solidifies your strength and your belief and your understanding and your relationship with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. Um, 
and we're all called to endure that. Um, again, going back off my experience, um, you know, won't go into too much detail, but all of those things that actually took place has given me a new level of faith, a new level of strength where nobody could come to me and make me doubt about my relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit and with Christ because of what I've already endured. And, and holding on to that shield of faith was what, get, was, you know, uh, was what enabled me to endure. But coming out the other side has taken my, uh, I don't want to say that it's levels, but my, my position in Christ to a new, uh, a new position. Um, so, yeah, I think we're all called to endure and go through these different types of trials. Anybody else got anything to share on that, on that verse? Okay, um, so yeah, and I think which verse was that I'm looking for now? So um, I know it says here in verse seven, it says the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other, for love covers the multitude of sins. This is verse seven. So. I don't want to focus too much on the first section where it says the end of the world is coming soon because the way that we look at time is very different. So the end of the world in actuality was when Christ came. That, mess that mess uh, messianic lineage, when Christ came, that was considered to be the end of days. That was considered to be the last days. So let's not get too caught up in, you know, where we're at in society today because the last days were way back then. We're just 2,000 years deeper into it. Um, so... It says, therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers um, during this time. And most important of all, continue to show love to one another and cover uh, love that covers a multitude of sins. So, I don't know. Does anyone have anything to say on that verse? Don't be scared, guys. No one can see you. You only open your, your mouth. It's okay. No? Okay. Well, maybe I'll continue to the next one then. Um, so it says, from verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. This one sticks out to me quite a lot. And it makes me think of the talents, when Christ gave out the talents to the free men. So for me, it speaks on... Can you repeat the verse, please? Yeah, yeah, of course. So verse 10, it says, sorry, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it might be different if you're reading something different. Um, so it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. That's verse 10. Anyone get anything from that? No? Okay. Um, I mean, it's kind of self-explanatory, if I'm honest with you. Um, but if you don't know, sorry. Um, it just makes me think about what are you good at? 
what do you have? Sometimes the gifts that you have, you might not even know that you have those gifts. You might be a very empathetic person where you can speak to people and you just have this natural ability to make people open up to your conversation. You know, that's a gift. Then, that can be considered as... I'm sorry for cutting cross. Can I ask, um, can God bless you? Can God bless you with more gifts? Like, how do I how do I put it? Like, um, say example, you have a few gifts, right? And God place a place a gift in you. Would it, I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to explain it. It's hard to explain. I don't mm-hmm. like adding more Sorry. gifts. Can God add more gifts to you? Like, um. I would say yes, but I would say yes in a way where the gifts that you think are added to you are probably already there. You just haven't unearthed them. So you might think he's adding new gifts to you, but they've always existed, but you just probably haven't exercised it. So mm. let me give you an example. Uh, I said this last week when we were talking, actually. So I wouldn't be sitting here and speaking and doing this if I didn't, excuse me, I've obviously come from an acting background, so I'm used to being confident and speaking in public and all these kind of things. So that gift as an actor, that ability to perform or that ability to articulate myself in in crowded environments, I've now transferred into using it here on this platform and using it when I post videos on YouTube about the gospel. So these are areas in which I've decided to transfer those skills into doing things and service for God that will, well, I pray, potentially bless other people. So through that, God might be able to unearth other areas and skills that, or gifts that I didn't know I or really knew I had. But because I'm using it for him, they're being exposed. They're being brought up. I hope that answers your question. Anyone else get anything from that verse, or anyone else got anything to say on in, in terms of gifts or what you you know feel like about that? And can I say, if um, example, if you don't use your gift, God can take it away from you, obviously. Um, yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, there's definitely that. There's definitely there's definitely that. There's a chance that that can happen. I mean. I'm not. I can't recall off my mind right now where, in 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 scripture, that might have actually already taken place. But I believe it's a possibility. I think if I'm being honest with you, right? Um, if this might sound harsh, but this is my understanding. I'm not, I don't have any scripture to back this up. I'm only speaking from 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 self right now. It's my opinion. Um, I believe, you know, if you're not using your skills to glorify God there's a very easy way in which your skills could be used to glorify the enemy. Now, let's look at, let's look at, you know, let's say the entertainment industry, for example. You've had people that have come from Christian backgrounds and singers and stuff like that, or gospel, whatever, and they end up, they ended up signing a contract and before you know it, you know, they're singing songs about things that they didn't usually sing songs about. Do you understand? Or they're portraying themselves in ways where it's very alien to who they are and their own identity. But in order for them to make a living, in order for them to chase mammon, they're now becoming servants to something else rather than using it to serve God. So it's just about being spiritually aware. Um, and this is, you'll hear me say this a lot. I'm, some of you probably heard me say this a lot. It's about being aware of where you're standing and being spiritually intelligent and spiritually mature, realizing that you're no longer on a, on a, 
uh, on a playground. When you become a Christian, you're now on a battleground. So if your eyes are not open and you're not aware of these things, uh, you're just walking blindly, then you end up serving the, the wrong the wrong thing, you know? I don't know if that answers your question. It does, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Because um, even if I carry on in that verse again, so I'll read from verse 10. So it says, God has given each of you a gift, but from his great variety of spiritual gifts use them well to serve one another do you have the gift of speaking then speak as though god himself was speaking through you do you have the gift of helping others do it with all the strength and energy that god supplies then do everything you do so then everything you do will bring glory to god through jesus christ all glory and power to him forever and ever amen so yeah, again, it just kind of really kind of solidifies what I just mentioned, you know. Um, whatever we're doing, however we're doing it, those gifts that have been deposited and given to us through birth, you know, are we using it to glorify God? Are we using it in that way? Especially if we become believers, because prior to being believers, we were slaves to sin. So, you know, you can't really... Like, let me give another example. I used to be a DJ as well. Um, back in the days, so I used to have a radio station, well, not mine, but I used to play in a radio station and I used to yeah, I used to travel around UK, I used to play a few sets for the music I was playing when I think back to it. What was I playing? I was playing music that was glorifying lustful thoughts, lustful behaviour, um, that you know, in nightclubs, in environments where people were coming there to hook up. So I wasn't glorifying God, you know. Um, I'll give you another example. I've got a friend who used to be a very, 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 very well-known UK rapper. Um, he's now stopped rapping, and he now, he's still, sorry, he's, he still raps, but he now makes gospel rap. Do you understand? Um, he also DJs as well. He's got a DJ um, uh, slot on a radio station, but he plays gospel drill, gospel hip-hop, gospel reggae, gospel, like, do you see what I mean? So the skills that he had before when he was in the world doing what he was doing has now transferred it to serving God. You see what I mean? Um... So, yeah, that's, that's what I kind of personally take from that verse, unless anyone else has got anything to share on that. Cool. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, I feel like why, why I kind of brought this particular chapter up is because, you know, I, I always heard it before, you know, I always heard about, you know, um, you know, the popular word within us, our body of Christ, you know, uh, persecution. And, you know, persecution is, 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 is very big today. It's very, very big today. And I see it quite widespread, you know, in terms of just, I think some of us, as they say, we're not, maybe not too aware, but I think even if you look at today, you know, we go to church now, we're not allowed to sing in churches, okay? Um, but it's been justified through law. It's been justified through government. Now, we know government are not operating under the influence of Jesus or, or God. So I wouldn't go as far as saying persecution, but it's very minute and it starts off very small. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, in America, for example, you know, there's, there's, there's particular governors of certain states that are trying to ban Bible study at home. Um, so... You know, in the West, we're not as exposed to it as much as in China, you know, or, or in the East, where people are literally losing their lives and being beheaded if they decide to leave um, any particular face of that culture. But what I'm saying is, 
it is a reality it, it, and it comes in many different pockets and facets you know it could be persecution within your own household from family members it could be you know i think there's some talk in some other countries where they're not hiring certain people that are christian in some places some companies i believe um so you know it is it is it is a reality and it, you know the bible does speak about i don't say it to kind of scare you or make a horror movie or anything but it is there in revelation in terms of what is to come in the near future um so i think it's just important for us to equip ourselves in prayer now and also equip ourselves um with the word now so that the word is in our hearts that we never need to even go to it it's just it's we're a part of the word it's it's in us um so yeah I'm, i don't know if anyone's got anything to say because i really feel like i've been talking a lot Uh, in relation to the gifts, um, I feel like if God gives you a gift, it's to glorify him. So essentially, it will boil down to, it has to glorify him. You know, yeah. so when people read the verse, they think, okay, gifts that will satisfy them. But essentially, it has to glorify God. Do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? And that is um, important for us to understand, you know, that the gift that he gives us is to glorify him. That's it. Do you understand? Mm. Anything else is vain, you know. So, yeah. So I just thought I'd just say that. Um, yeah. 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 No, absolutely. I agree. I agree. And I'm gonna beat myself now. So. No, it's alright. Um, it is. It can be a bit of a process. You know, it isn't sometimes such an overnight thing to do. You know, because the Bible calls us to die to ourselves. You know. We have to die to our flesh. Don't take me literally, I don't mean physically, um, but spiritually die to ourselves, you know, because the things that we once um, did to do before to fulfill our own desires no longer matter because our relationship with Christ is at the forefront. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is at the forefront. Our relationship with God is at the forefront. So everything that we should be looking at doing should be to glorify God. Even your marriage, even your relationship, if that marriage isn't, Glorifying God, it's not productive. You know, I, I had conversations with myself in terms of preparing, um, preparing, I wouldn't say proposals, but things I have to say to, questions I have to say to a potential wife. And I ask questions in my own head. I say to her, what would, I ask them questions like, what, how would you feel if I said to you that, you know, even in courtship, how would you feel if I said to you that I need to spend time with God? Like, these are questions that you have to ask yourself, not even just the person, because you have to love God more than whoever it is you decide to marry. Do you understand what I'm saying? And even when you do come together, you both have to be glorifying God together as well. So, you know, a marriage should just be about that you serving that woman or that woman uh, serving that man or whatever. You know, you both have to be coming together to be making God at the center, God at the foundation. So, again, dying to ourselves is not an easy thing. We have to pray. We have to ask God to help us. But believe me, it's possible. It's just a process. Again, I go back to that refining process that a diamond goes through. You know, dying to ourselves daily is a step-by-step -step process that it takes work. It takes discipline. Um, yeah. Another example, like, um, you know, I have a lot of family members. It's just, it's, to me, it's, it's my new. But to some, I know some believers would probably have a problem with it. Like, my social media handles now 
Whereas before, I would say, honestly speaking, was about whenever I got a, a job. So if I was working on a, on, a, on a show or a set or a project or I had a, a project coming out or a casting that I did, that's what I would use my social media for. So my social media was literally all about me, my journey, the work that I did, the success through my work and everything. That's dead now. I only use my social media literally for the gospel. But that's my own choice. And I do that. I don't, I, if I'm honest with you, I don't even do it to just... to. to, to well, I guess I do. I do do it to glorify God, but it wasn't my intention. It was like, I want to get the gospel out there by any means necessary. If it means that people unfollow me during that process, if it means that people, I've had people, you know, inbox me swearing, I don't know. I've had people coming at me. I've had all sorts, do you know what I mean? But I feel like I've intentionally done that simply because I've just felt, you know, well, I guess I've just died to myself and I've let the Holy Spirit direct me. Um, I'm very cautious about what kind of content that I put up, but... Um, I do it in the hope that it ministers to people in, 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 in ways that I can't communicate with them because not all the people that follow me, um, I have that type of relationship with. So that's one area of me dying to myself. Um, another would be various other ways that I won't get into, but that's just one specific um, you know, testimony I want to share with you guys. Anyone, anyone got anything to share? Anyone else had any experience with that dying to themselves or any, any sort of situations friendships relationships family uh yeah bro um uh obviously i wasn't speaking because um i was out i was actually heading home but i wanted to put on my headphones and listen uh, so oh, that's cool, why bro. i wasn't i wasn't that active bro sorry about that but yeah it's all right sorry right. yeah yeah so um shalom everyone uh and uh, die into yourself okay um, i have one area that i I'm trying, I'm still, obviously, like you said, it's a process. Um, still, I'm trying to, you know, perfect in a way, for the grace of God. And that yeah. is, you know, like PlayStation. Car, man, you know, I always grew up playing PlayStation. And, you know, it became like, I'd say, an idol in my life. Because mm. an idol literally doesn't mean you have to worship or, or get on your knees and pray to this thing. It can literally be yeah. an idol. The definition of an idol is holding an object, a material higher than God in the sense of all your time is spent on that. Where mm. really, as a Christian, our time should be spent, all our lives should revolve around Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's one of the things I had to deepen. I had to sit back and say, like, raw, like, you know, this is an idol in my life, you know, and I have to cut that out because the Lord, my God, is should be above all. And he should be my rock and, and he should be my thoughts, you know, so... That's, that's one of the areas. I'm trying to cut down time on my PlayStation, even on my phone. Social media is another one. You know, um, I believe everyone here can relate. Sometimes we wake up and we the first thing we do is check our phone, check our inboxes, go on Instagram, Twitter, whatever, Snapchat. And it's like, imagine we changed that. And imagine we the first thing we do, did was got up and, you know, praise God and read. That's how, you know, that's how we should be living. You mm. know, and that would impact our life and change our life in ways that are for the better you know so it's just things like that man really and truly but like you said it's a process and only way you can do that is through prayer and fasting you know mm. fasting is very important and i do recommend that everyone does it because i've seen a lot of chains being broken in my life all praise goes to god through fasting you know mm. and, and seeking god's face you know so yeah man that's that's a that's an area where i'm trying to die to myself more and trying to walk in the spirit and walking in the will of god yeah man 
Yeah, man. Bless you, man. Amen, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I was listening. It was really what what you were saying. The things you were saying was really good. It's just very sorry I couldn't be as active and and reply to certain things. It's just I was heading home. You know. That's was, cool, man. Yeah, that's, man. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. Um, you're right. I want to share that as well. Actually, I want to. I want to. I want to echo what you just said. I mean, in terms of fasting and praying, I'll be honest with you. I feel like always people always say to me, you know, believers that I came across when I first came to Christ how because people that knew me before i was into christ i'm not gonna lie i was literally i was a savage you know like not like a barbarian but like i was literally out here forward based out drinking doing everything so people that knew me and saw how i was when i came to christ they couldn't they couldn't they couldn't get it they didn't understand but i'll be honest with you i think a lot of the acceleration process that took place in regards to how i was the way i was on fire the zeal was because of my fasting and praying. And it was in the first month, I spent the whole month, I didn't even leave my house. I stayed at home for I think, I think like 28 days or 21 days and just fasted and prayed the whole time. And the work that, that took place on a spiritual level was a lot of uncleansing, a lot of freeing myself in particular bondages, do you understand? So I think that is a form of discipline and you're also in close proximity to God. You're spending literally an intimate time with the lord you know um even if, it, if if it's just a week or a few days where you fast and pray and just spend that time with god some people i even heard some people say things that you can even go on a walk with god just go for a walk to the park have your phone on airplane mode listen to some gospel talk to god in your mind spend time with god and he will start to unpack and unload and open doors in areas that you couldn't possibly imagine so you know, I, I say this as well quite often, you know, uh, in terms of Psalms 91, you know, it, it says, you know, I'll just read the first verse. Um, it's quite an important, it's quite an important scripture because if you really understand what's being said and you apply it, there's some, some incredible things will start to open up in your life. So in the first verse of Psalms 91, it says, uh, sorry, not the first verse, let me just read it. I read it in the New King James Version, actually. Um, yeah, so the first verse, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So in the King James Version, it says, He who dwelleth and dwells. That means something that's continuous. It doesn't mean temporarily. See, if you're constantly in that secret place with God all the time, then you'll be under the shadow of the Almighty, meaning that his things that he's covering you from that you can't see. There are things in the spirit that you can't see that God is constantly keeping you from. And I was having a conversation with my friend about this earlier in the week, and I've said it with a few other people. There'll be sometimes I'll be in some particular areas where I'll be walking and there'll be a group of guys walking as well. And if they see me, sometimes before Christ, they will look at me in a particular way. Now that I'm in Christ, when I walk past groups of guys, I don't even get looked at because I'm constantly dwelling in that secret place of the Most High and I'm constantly under the shadow of... Do you understand? So, Amen, amen. Yeah, yeah. Um, bro, uh, I just want to add as well, what you said is very true. You know, um, uh, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, obviously, it's like... What, for my, what I've taken from that is, you know, as we, as we seek God you know, and we remain in the spirit, walking in his will, then nothing like can really 
you know, how do I say, change or, or nothing can, what's the what's the best word? I don't want to use attack us because I wouldn't say attack, but you know, like for example, if we look at, if we look at the, uh, the life of Paul, right? The apostle yeah. Paul, you know, yeah. everything he was doing, majority, okay, everything he was doing, he was walking in the will of God, correct? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, he was he was constantly under protection, even though he was, let's say, he was arrested or whatever, or whatever injustices they, they, they suffered, he was constantly under the protection of God. And, you know, that's mm. the thing to drill into my head. It's like, sometimes I see protection and, you know, and blessing as some sort of, you know, I'm going to be living lavish and, you know, like this and like this. Mm. And literally, protection and blessing can be things that we don't see. For example, in the spirit realm, you know, yeah. or, or, or in in protecting us from from various things that can how, how do I say you know one time um, I was actually there was a time in my in my life when I was born again but I was I was consulting with the wrong people I was speaking mm. with people that are not in the Christian faith you know and I started hearing their I started hearing their views and you know it kind of swayed me and you know made me question certain things and this and so it's like it's like when we walk in the will of God, obviously surrounding ourselves with other Christians, spreading the gospel, reading reading the word, then we are kind of protected from these type of things that can alter, you know, our mind or alter our relationship or change or, or, or hinder our relationship with God, you know? So that's why I've taken from it. And, and it's very important that we continue. Like he said, it's not a day-to-day. It's not a, like a one day this, one day that. It's, it's constant. It's constant. We have to do we have to always be seeking God, always be yeah. remaining in that secret yeah. place. You know, absolutely, absolutely. You know, think of it like a spiritual muscle that you need to exercise because it takes a while. No one's saying that you're going to become, you know, straight away you're going to dive into that deep place of always seeking God. It takes it takes work. You know, it does take discipline. You know, if you get into a relationship with someone, it takes work to get to know that person. It takes work to 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 give your time to that person. But sometimes we find it easier to do the things and give in time to things that we can see rather than things that we can't see. We can't see God, but God is always working on our behalf. God is constantly protecting us and blessing us. You know, think about it like our God sees us and loves us so much, but every day we wake up and we don't even spend that time with him. We don't even give him the glory. We don't even give him the thanks, you know. So I just encourage us all to implement that at any time of the day. It doesn't have to be ritualistic in terms of 5.30 in the morning. You might decide that at 10 o'clock, all of a sudden, you might want to stop working and spend 45 minutes of God or 10 minutes of God, or you might want to sit in the park and sing. I don't know. Only you and God have that unique relationship, but you need to establish it and work at it. So, yeah, bro, I have a question as well. You know, um, sometimes, yeah, okay, and it could be a day where I wake up, right, in the morning, and I just give thanks. You know, I feel so motivated to pray. But then there's sometimes in the morning that I, I don't feel motivated to pray. But then later on in the day, you know, like you said, you know, you just feel, sometimes I feel an urge, you know, to just stop what I'm doing, go up to my room, wherever, and just give thanks and give praise and, you know, uh, put requests forward as in for protection, for guidance, for clarity, whatever. So yeah. so in the mornings, you said, like, not to make a ritualistic thing. So it's like... No, 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 I'm not saying not to, but I'm saying if that's what you feel like everybody has their own thing so sometimes you know some people don't wake up and pray straight away in the morning but your your mm. time with god might be at a different period of the day time of the day mm. it's good to start your no, day the, the bible says to pray without ceasing anyway all the time 
But I'm saying in terms of building your relationship with God, it might not be you mm. getting up at five thirty, you know. Mm, I hear you, I hear you. You know, um there was a guy I was watching called Francis Chandler and I re- I really recommend that everyone that's uh, hearing this right now uh, watches uh, to go on YouTube and uh, to tune in because Francis Chan is a very good preacher. You know, he kind of reminds me of uh, <laughs> of Daniel in a way because, you know, the way he explains things is, is, explains things is very on point. So Francis Chan, he was talking about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, you know, and, and he used to, obviously, he was at, at this point in his life, he was a Christian. But long story short, his wife's grandma was in a care home. And, you know, he'd call her every day. And, and the only thing she'd speak about is Jesus Christ. You know, she'd always give thanks, you know. Oh, I can't wait to be with Jesus. You know, Jesus is good. Is it? You know, just every day giving thanks, you know. And it's mm-hmm. like when he saw that, he had to, not in a way, he was happy that she was doing this. But in a way, he had to look at himself and say, oh, no. Like, I, I don't have a, a true like, uh, um, how do I say, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ? Because I, even me personally, I had to ask myself, if God was to say to me, or, or let's say, if if this was the case, right? If today I was to go to heaven and Jesus Christ, and I had everything I wanted and Jesus Christ wasn't there, would I be okay with that? Like, that's the question I had to ask myself. Would I be okay with that? Yeah. And, you know, and when I answered truly, I said, I said, yeah. And, you know, it shouldn't be like that because we should have an intimate relationship knowing what he's done for us. And we should say our heaven should be Jesus Christ, that his presence, he is there. You know, that should be our heaven. And I, and I had to be honest with myself and I had to look at myself like, rah, like I'm not doing enough. I'm not seeking to have that intimate relationship. And it's not going to come overnight, but what I had to do was I had to pray and I had to say, Lord, help me to love Jesus more. Help me to, you know, have faith in Jesus more because it's not by our might that we can truly even understand or love Jesus by our might, but it's only by the grace of God that we can see the wonderful things he's done for us and then our hearts can change and truly love him. So, man, that's that's just something I wanted to share. Again, his name is Francis Chan. You might want to write this down. And um, he's, a, he's a really great preacher. You can watch him in the morning, whenever, like, like Daniel said, whenever, whenever you feel like, just, just tune in. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, so that's it. That's can I it. add to that point? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so um, when I first came into Christ, like going on what you said about, you know, building that relationship, but there's a thin line between, uh, there's a thin line with that. Because when I first came into Christ, like I attended like an African, like Pentecostal church where it's like fire prayers, like all day long, like breaking cursing. Yeah. Do you understand? So that's all I knew when I first came mm. into Christ. So I got into a habit of literally midnight, the witches are out, I'm praying. Obviously, we should do that. We should have that mentality anyway. But for me, it became like an idol in a way, you know. Like I used to, you know, just every night, just 12 o'clock, it has to be 12 o'clock. Like, that's it, up, warfare prayers. Like, my neighbours will be hearing me pray. Do you understand? But, um, and then I went to another church and some girl, she was like around my age, she was like, um, God said, like, you, like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Like, she prophesied, she was like, you've become, you've made this a habit. Like, you've, like, made this um, a doctrine. I don't know, like, you've made it a habit yeah. to pray in the night. Like, God doesn't want you to do that. Mm. You're not connected with him. You're not connected mm. with him. You're just focusing on something else and you've made that idol. I'm like, oh my mm. God. And funny enough, when I stopped doing that, like, when I stopped, like, 
make like forcing myself to pray every night like that's when I became closer with God that's when my relationship started you know so it's, it's there's a thin line between that you know we just he just wants us to connect with him you know it's not about doctrine or fight or warfare prayers yes we must pray warfare prayers but we have to connect with him when we connect with him all of that will fade away like you know yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it will fade away. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. I hear. You. Yeah, um, I, I, I totally agree. But with I do pray wolf prayers. But I do pray wolf prayers. By the way, just yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, that's something I actually I'm trying to add. Obviously, warfare prayers. You know, sometimes um, sometimes I I don't really know where to start. You know, when it comes to warfare prayers, like um, obviously Daniel when 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 we started. We started uh, adding prayer points one time, I believe, like two, three weeks ago. And mm. um, I find that helps, you know. But with warfare prayers, like, do we have to, there's a, there's a, this is a question I have. Do we have to declare it out with our mouths or could we pray in our head? Like, that's, that's like, with warfare prayers. Like, when, when, when we feel, I don't know, like, spiritually drained, spiritually attacked, or whatever, whatever you want to, whatever words you want to use, like, how how do we and definitely power design, isn't it? So you can do it either way. I don't know, Daniel. What do you think? But I, I think it's yeah. I was gonna leave you to answer that one. But I think to, to to be honest with you, that one, that one. If I'm honest, I'm gonna be very, very honest. A lot of these things usually come through the utterance of the Holy Spirit. So when it comes to things that you know that you need to tackle in a warfare prayer, the Holy Spirit will tell you. Sometimes it will just lead you to a particular scripture in the Bible. And you'll just be led to pray that out. Like I've been in those situations where I felt spiritual attack and I've been led to certain psalms and I've declared it with my mouth and I've prayed out warfare prayers. And yeah, so I think it's really down to to you and to how the Holy Spirit leads you with that. But if you're, if you're talking about how to articulate it and how to, how to um, execute doing your prayer, yeah, to declare it with your mouth. Speak it out aloud you know, be intentional. You know, I, God forbid, I wouldn't want you to. But if you're having an argument with somebody face to face, you're not going to argue back with that person in your mind. Yeah. And that's funny because that's what I tell my son as well. Like, I just, mm. like, when him and my daughter, when they both have arguments, like, I tell them, okay, you have to watch what you say. There's life and death. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. So he knows that as well. So I have to, like, when they get into arguments, like, he knows not to say anything too harsh. You yeah. know, because there's power in our words. There's power. You know, absolutely. You know, so um, that's just, yeah. 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 So other than that, guys, I'm going to wrap up. If, there's, if unless anyone's got anything else they want to share. If not, then I'll just, yeah, like I said, I encourage you to just think about what we looked at in First Peter 4 today, about the gifts, you know, and also look at ourselves. How are we living for God? Is what we're doing in our lives right now in alignment with God? Have you even asked for God's approval in what you're doing? Or is what you're doing fulfilling your own desires? You know, we have to be honest with ourselves in this time. Um, and just, as I say, die to ourselves. And dying to ourselves may not be easy, but God will glorify you and, and, and propel your position in where you need to be in this, as I said, battleground, not playground. Um, so, yeah, I'll quickly just close in prayer. Um, and I'll post the notes in the group. Um, so yeah, let's quickly pray. Lord, you are our confidence and our blessed assurance, our rock and our salvation. 
the God who is faithful and promised to guide all your children in all truth. Teach us your truth of abiding in you, Father, and trusting in your word, Lord. Help us to trust you in times of uncertainty, in times of disappointment, in times of crisis, in times of fear, in times of anxiety. Lord, we want, we want to trust you with all of our hearts in the good times and the bad times and to learn to lean on our own understanding. Father, we pray that you will continue to keep us, to keep our family, to keep our friends and to keep our loved ones safe under the shadow of your wings. Let no incident, no accident or evil befall us, nor come near our dwellings. We ask of you, Lord, that you may guard, our, guard us and guide us, that you will protect and support and strengthen us and grant us your divine grace, your mercy and peace in every single area of our lives. Father, we trust you and we give our hearts to you. We place all our desires at the, seat of, at the, at the feet of your throne, our saviour and our strong tower and our defence constantly. Lord, go before us and make every crooked path straight and let your will be done in our lives. Father, Lord, we pray for a spirit of obedience and continued submittance to your word. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Yeah. So thanks a lot, guys. I'll put some notes in the group.